Today's passage is Genesis 34, and if you were wondering if we were going to go to some of these places, yes we are. (laughs) This is a very interesting story, and if you've never read it before, uh, yeah, read it. Um, Because in our understanding of sin, this highlights the complexity of that. The Bible is not a series of fables where certain characters are role models and they are flawless and other ones are not. Um, it is a realist, a real uh, portrayal of God's people interacting with God and um, living in this world. Now, when it comes to women of worth, I think that one of the things that is very important here uh, in the end of verse 7, for such a thing must not be done. Now, there is no law yet, right? There is no Levitical law. So God has not yet told um, his people specifically what is right and wrong. And in the Levitical law, there is the understanding that rape is not good, um, that that rape is bad. And here in Genesis 34, there is that understanding as well, but just from a common grace perspective, that even Shechem um, understands that what he has done is wrong. Um, that the sons of Jacob know that rape is wrong uh, no matter what. And I think that that's really important in a biblical view, that this is something that should be known. Um, Whether you're a Christian or not, uh, rape is not okay. Um, Now, a lot of this hangs uh, upon the very last verse of Genesis 34, because they say, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? And that question just kind of hangs there. It's very similar to the end of the book of Jonah, where a question just sort of hangs in the air. Because the answer is no, but the complexity, as Jacob perceived it, was, well, what do we do about this? Because the rape has been committed, and so Jacob cannot undo that. And he, in his um, limited point of view, is trying to preserve his life and presumably the life of his daughter Dinah, of Simeon and Levi. He's worried for them, but he does not act towards justice, and that is his fault. And then Simeon and Levi, they do act towards justice, but they do so deceptively and cruelly. They even use the act of circumcision, which is meant to reflect the covenant community of God, they use it as a trick. They use it as a Trojan horse. Um, and all throughout this, nobody uh, refers to God. Nobody thinks about God. They're only thinking about their own perspective, their own um, position, their own reputation, their own uh, security, their own desires, their own wants. There's no God here anywhere. And I think that that really is the key. You know, we see this at the end of Judges. We see this before um, the fall to Assyria and Babylon, that even that God's people, even these people who should know about God the best, that when they fail to consider who God is um, in their lives, sin happens, right? Everything falls apart, that there, there's no king, there's no rule, there's no... Uh, that even though they know what is right, um, they don't do it uh, or they don't seek it. And I think that that is really important because, you know, especially right now, um, well, it's not right now. Right now we are in the middle of a Me Too, Time's Up movement, but um, rape and sexual assault and defilement against women has happened probably since, you know, 
Genesis 3. Um, and what is going to be the solution? Are we going to connive and deceive and manipulate our way out of it? Are we going to um, attack our way out of it? Or do we turn to God, understanding that he sees every single problem um, and and find his redemption and find his restoration and find his hope in the midst of all those things. And we're going to see that even more uh, tomorrow with Judah and Tamar, but uh, the defiling of Dinah, uh, or the rape of Dinah, as many uh, Bibles will put it, uh, is a reminder of what even God's people will become like without God. <laughs>